to be able to, what I like to call, see the dots. Um, and then to be able to connect the dots and to be able to have discussions with people who think in the same way that you think. So, you know, that, that to me means so much because again, it's like you're speaking a foreign language in many cases, uh, because people just don't understand what you're saying in your head or or what you're saying, you know, from a, from, from a problem standpoint or, or troubleshooting or or what have you. So, I mean, those things to me are the things that I, that I look for because I can definitely find parallels. I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And I'm Shannon Lucas. We're the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change. This is our podcast, Move Move Fast, fast, Break Shit, Burn Out, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. And in this season of the podcast, we're diving deep into the skills that make Catalyst successful. And we have someone today that has amazing skills. Chad, you want to say hello, Chad? Hello, Chad. (laughs) We are delighted (laughs) to have with us today, Chad Sowa. She is the co-host of Chad and Cheese podcast, HR's most dangerous podcast, one of my very favorites. He has 20 years of military experience. Oh, I won't. I won't. He's 20 years of military experience, including combat service, experience as an infantry drill sergeant, and more than 15 years in leadership positions where he led, managed, and motivated groups ranging from five to more than 200 folks. In addition to his military service, he draws upon extensive recruitment industry experience. He worked at Online Career Center, Monster.com, spent 10 years with direct employees and employers, sorry, Direct Employers Association, where he served as both vice president of membership and business development. We are delighted as well to announce that Chad is our newest member of our advisory board. Welcome, Chad. Thank you. I still don't have the sash though, so it's not I yet know. official. It's We're coming official. to Portugal to deliver it. It's okay. <laughs> okay, come on over. Come on over to Portugal. Catalyst sash coming. Right, we'd love to kick off today, Chad, by hearing how do you relate to the concept of Catalyst? It's still hard for me to put myself in any group because it's it's been so long because I just didn't feel like I existed in any group per se. And then I turned that into kind of like my superpower. Um, So, you know, that was the thing. I could do things that most people couldn't do and that was okay. But I just didn't I didn't fit in any group per se. I, I was an athlete. I was this, but I just didn't feel like I belonged in many cases. So it's hard you know, to, to answer, not answer the question. It's really hard to really fit and feel myself fitting into a group, but having discussions and continuing having discussions with uh, people like yourselves and other friends who I know are catalysts, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Let me just say that (laughs) it does. Um, So yeah, that's to me, I feel like I kind of fit in to, to, to some extent, but uh, again, I don't want I don't want to get rid of my, my my superpower of not fitting in at the same time. We want to embrace your individuality, and so you know, let's assume we're not talking about it having to be a group. But what are the the attributes of catalysts that that resonate with you as you just kind of you know tap them? Yeah, there's so many. Uh, how do I break it? How do I boil them down? To to be able to, and we'll talk more about this, to be able to, what I like to call, see the dots, um, and then to be able to connect the dots and to be able to have discussions with people who think in the same way that you think. So, you know, that that to me means so much because, again, it's like you're speaking a foreign language 
in many cases uh, and because people just don't understand what you're saying in your head or, or what you're saying, you know, from a from from a problem standpoint or or troubleshooting or, or what have you. So, I mean, those those things to me are the things that I that I look for because I can definitely find parallels. Yeah, that's my experience with you. So thank you for sharing that part. We'd love to have you share with us what do you feel are one to two essential skills that have made you successful as a catalyst? You know, wrapping in some stories, letting us know if there's been any problem spaces related to that. Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely been problems. I think, you know, going through school, I had a problem because I didn't know how to to, to troubleshoot and problem solve. Uh, when I got into the military, that was really what the focus was, and it provided me a framework to troubleshoot and, and, and really understand, okay, there, there's a process that your brain just doesn't have right now. There's a framework that your brain needs to, to start to use to make sense out of this stuff because it just didn't make sense before. So first and foremost, troubleshooting, right? To be able to, to go through the troubleshooting process and then problem solving at that, at that point. You've gotta find out what the problem is, the troubleshooting. Then you have to solve for that problem, right? So there's that the step-by-step kind of scenario. And that really, for me, was the base of how to kind of like reset and rewire my brain uh, to, to communicate with people <laughs> and get shit done. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is you can talk about things all day, but how do you actually framework it into an infrastructure that ends in execution? Yeah. And for those of you that didn't haven't heard it yet, in season two, Chad and I go deep on how the military really helped form his, his ability to move from those issues in high school into what you're able to do now, like breathing, which is amazing. And that was so fascinating to me. So as I skip over that piece, I want people to know it's because you know you and I have had that discussion and people can go hear that. As you talk about the the need to be able to troubleshoot, frame the problem and troubleshoot, is there any mm. relationship that you see to HR, which is where you're, you know, do so much of your focus today? Oh, God, yes. HR in recruiting and the technologies that we use and how we're underfunded. I mean, there's so many problems that we have um, to be able to troubleshoot for me is is incredibly easy. Now, it's hard because I've been in this industry for, you know, 25 years. So I have a great depth of experience and knowledge, um, not just on the technical side, but also process methodologies, building systems and, and, and talent pipelines. Uh, so for me, yeah, there's no question. And again, there's like a rush of, you know, solving of the problem that happens that I want to try to get out, but I have to do it in, in a very different way for, for especially for non-catalysts and, and just, you know, basic, you know, Joe and Jane public. What is that like, or, or, you know, are there skills within that that you're talking about of the connecting, you know, you're a catalyst and you're like, or you have catalyst like traits. I don't want to put you, put you, I don't want to put baby in a corner. Right. Uh, but you know, this is how you think, right. The dots come together. And then you mentioned that there's kind of other folks that don't have that way of thinking. What is that like? And how do you do that work? Yeah, that's hard because it's it's about patience. And I think what has helped me the most is kids, uh, because I we do I do have catalysts to some extent uh, that are kids that that uh, are going through the same thing. And I had a discussion with one of them yesterday, and you know she wants to jump to the to the finish before she's even started. 
you know, and, and that's what we do because we know it's like, ah, oh, we just want to get there. And it's like, no, 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 there, there, there's a patience in actually getting there. And, and it's, it's good for you and it's good for everybody around you, especially when, because she wants to be a leader tomorrow. And I did too. And I did too. So, but there's, there's a process and there's, you know, experience and there's approving and then there's a trust, right? There's so much that needs to happen around that. So um, I don't know that anything has helped me more than my, my kids. And then also being a drill sergeant because uh, seeing my kids and then going to see somebody else's kids and trying to try, you know, 18, 20 years old and try to bring them up. It's like, oh yeah, no, mine are doing pretty well. I'm hearing patience is a key skill to develop yeah. as well as it's like this interesting relativity that when you can see your traits in other people mm -hmm. and see what their natural tendencies are and the impact, like it helps you self-reflect. Oh yes. That's really powerful. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because I'd never had anybody really articulate to me how to pull the reins on my brain, right? How to pull, even when I had the framework to get to one to the next, I was just faster than everybody else. But there's times when you're leading a team or you're part of a team where you've got to pull the reins. And, uh, and that's, it's, it's incredibly important. It is incredibly important because you can't do everything by yourself because you will what burn out. And that's why you, that's why you need to learn these, these different skills. It's interesting. Cause I think a lot of conventional wisdom we hear is that you should find mentors that are way ahead of you. Right. And what you're saying is like, look at folks that maybe aren't doing it great and figure out what you need to learn from that. And it's so sweet. Like with your kids, we have all the patience in the world, right? Because you don't expect them to do it great out of the gate, but you're like, and mm -hmm. these young recruits, you know, that you're working with and like the patience to understand that you begin to see the phases of what you yourself are going to have to go through. That's yeah, really powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, th yeah, I think it's, I think it's incredibly important to understand that everybody has something to teach, right? And you can learn something from everyone. And once we get once we get beyond that and we think we've, you know, we, we have nothing to learn from certain individuals or what have you, that's, you know, that's when we get uh, stuck in our own ego and we have to back up. And that's easy to do as a catalyst. It really is because you find yourself jumping and being faster and being able to do things so much. I don't want to say better, just differently than everybody else, but you think it's better. Right. And, and you and you categorize it as better um, and being able to gain more experience, I guess, just years. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I've been able I've been able to kind of pull back and breathe and watch and, and just be better about it. Because, man, I tell you what, I was a I was a tyrant at one time. Mm. Do you, yeah. you want to expand on that a little bit? I really don't know. Uh, I was. <laughs> I mean, you know how it's 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 interesting because when I first started in the military and then you start getting into leadership tracks, you're still just a baby in 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 the infancy of being a leader. Uh, I got out of the military full time and I went into corporate America where I got into a management position and I was not ready for a management position at that time. And to be quite frank, most people in the civilian world are not ready for management and leadership duties when when they're bestowed upon them. Um, I got further into uh, the military, went through more leadership schools, and went through drill sergeant school, those types of things, and I was taught more 
around that uh, and it helped out a lot. I mean, I remember having, you know, a year and a half or activation down in Fort Benning, Georgia, going to more schools, doing the drill sergeant on the trail uh, as an infantry, infantry drill sergeant. And, and then just being able to back up and go, whoa, when I get back to corporate America, I'm going to do so much different. So there's, again, there's still a lot to learn. Um, and I'm, I, I like to surround myself with people. Uh, and, and again, it, they don't have to be a drivers or anything like that. You can learn, I think, from anyone. Shan, did you have? Yeah, I mean, I did because I was just curious. Like going going back when you were talking about the patients and watching your daughter, you mentioned another keyword, which is trust. And you mm -hmm. talked about how there's these people who show up differently than we do. And you're helping her understand that trust yeah. building is one of the components of bringing people on that journey. And I'm just wondering if you can talk more about that. Yeah, well, I'll talk about my other daughter then too, okay. because she she is she is slower. She sees the dots, but she is so much more mature than I was at that age because she is more reserved. Um, but she sees the dots, she can connect the dots. And once we start having a discussion, she's like, oh yeah, no, I get that. Um, which I wouldn't have been able to do very young, uh, because she trusts me. Right. And, and, and so both my daughters, they have obviously high amount of trust, but they look at what I say differently because I'm dad, <laughs> you know, uh, and they're still going through that frontal lobe development thing where, you know, trust is not the easiest thing in the world. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think when we and again, as I was younger uh, in being put into leadership positions and whatnot, I don't think I had the trust and patience. And those are the two things I think are vital for every catalyst uh, to be able to really mature into, you know, what what they're going to end up being. Um, and if they don't, you know, you're going to turn into something else. And, and I didn't want to be what that something else would have been. Do you have advice for catalysts on how to do the trust building? Because to your point, we can it can our our vision can seem so clear and the right way, and so we can be really mm -hmm. arrogant and abrasive in terms of like, why the <laughs> fuck can't you get this? Yeah. Why do I have to explain it ten times? So, how, yeah. what is your advice for catalysts in terms of that trust building? Yeah. So it's the exact same conversation I had with my oldest daughter because that's her right now. She was me when I was her age. I knew I, I had the answers. I knew exactly what was going on. I just want to go to the finish line because I, I got it right. And, you know, luckily she trusts me and we can have these discussions. Um, that's the thing is that we have to understand that even though we do collect a lot of the dots, the dots and connect the dots, we still don't have them all. Right. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing that she needs to understand right now. It's like, Hey, you feel like you have all the dots, but you have maybe a fifth or a tenth or not many at all, right? As you start to collect more of them, then yes, you'll be ahead of the pack with regard to, you know, building programs and making decisions and those types of things. But right out of the gate, just because you think you know and you process better and faster than everybody else does, doesn't mean that you really do have the problem solved at this point. Oh, you just gave me a new kind of metaphor for us to use a catalyst that was so awesome. I'm thinking of like the Easter egg hunt now yeah. that, okay, we are natural yeah. dot connectors, but there are a lot of folks out there with more Easter eggs, with more hunt, with more dots that yeah. we need to both pull in uh, as well as collect information for them to really help us see more fully. 
Yes. Right. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that gift. I just wrote that down. Thank you for pulling it out of me. Yes. Yeah, it's a team, a team sport. So what are you facing personally these days? What are kind of the biggest challenges you have as a catalyst leader right now? I think it's it's always patience. I mean, because we're 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 wired differently, right? And we're not wired for patience. I'm better at it now, but I'm still not great. And I need to ask my wife. Um, I still need <laughs> I still need to be more patient. Uh, and, and that is the hardest thing um, is is being able to slow down and just, not just slow your brain down, but slow your process and just slow everything down. Yes. I so appreciate you saying that because it was one of the key skills that you listed in, in the last part of our conversation. And then you're like, and it's still growing, right? Like you've done all this work. It, it was honed in the military. You learned it as a leader. The, being a parent has really been a key place that's happened and still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so get you just the other day, my daughter was like, mom, you're the most patient, impatient person I know. <laughs> I she like, sees you. She sees you. That's hilarious. <laughs> and she's like, with me and my brother, you can be so patient. Uh-huh. And then and she's other like, and, and then the rest of the world, you're like, get to it. Yeah. So I feel you. Yeah. I, I think, I feel yeah. like we have the, you just named something that the three of us know. <laughs> All right. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Shannon for some rapid fire. Oh, rapid awesome. fire. My favorite. So one thing that you do to prep for a big meeting or maybe a big show or conference. Uh, yeah. I collect my thoughts, which is one of the hardest things I can do because there's so many of them and I do so much research. It's, it's trying to compartmentalize in some cases, you know, the, the information and think about the flow of the conversation and not really to dictate it, but, but, but to hopefully, you know, be a part of it. Super solid. Thank you. Um, favorite way to spend a free day. (sighs) On the beach, uh, doing, doing nothing. And, And I say this because, and I'm keep going back to it is I don't know how to sit still a lot of times. Um, I always have to be doing something. My brain has to be going and being at the beach, which I mean, is it's a great exercise. Being at the beach uh, allows me to do that. It allows me to slow down, allows me to relax and just take it all in. So are you like, I just have to ask, are you busy building sand castles and jumping into the waves and reading books? Or is it really just like you're just on the beach? Yeah, no, I am. I am laying under a cabana. I am taking it in. I go in when I start getting warm, I'll, I'll hit the water, come back in. But just again, just to be able to, to make myself slow down. Nice. That sounds delicious. I could use some of that. <laughs> All right. Famous catalyst, alive or dead and why? His name is Bill Strickland. I first saw Bill speak in Texas uh, at a conference. It was actually, believe it or not, or not at a, a Texas workforce conference back in the day. Uh, he was touting his new book, uh, Make the Impossible Possible, which I suggest everybody out there read. Um, at this point, I didn't know what a catalyst was, but I knew I was like him. And it's, uh, it, it not only made me happy, it, it made me, as I said before, feel like I was actually a part of some type of group and whatever group he was a part of. But he, he was, is a storyteller and he 
told stories around the things that the problems that he solved and how he and his band of misfits actually solved them. And it was just amazing. And, and to the to the fact of, you know, they saw in, in Pittsburgh that Heinz, uh, the big ketchup company, uh, they had uh, they, they had a need for individuals in, in, in culinary. And so he actually went to them and said, hey, look, let's build a school for all these out of work moms and all these individuals who are having problems, you know, finding jobs and whatnot here in Pittsburgh, put them through that and just give you what you need, which is, again, if you think about it, it is so simple and it just makes so much sense. And when you're talking about a company like Heinz, for goodness sakes, they have millions and millions of dollars. But the thing that they can't do is make more money if they don't have the talent to be able to produce it. He saw all of that and he was able to easily articulate it. So that's just like one of many different uh, stories that he has to tell around um, really being a catalyst. And he never said catalyst, but I just knew that, you know, he was uh, he was going to he, he was a legend. Let's just say that. So Bill Strickland um, out of Pittsburgh, good old Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's an amazing story. And it brings up another really powerful skill, which you are also obviously amazing at, which is the storytelling piece, right? It's like, if yeah. you, you can't, you can't bring people, you can't bring Heinz on that journey. If you can't tell the story to help them see the end part. And then he in turn is telling you the story that's activating you to lean into your superpowers. So powerful. Yes. Yes. I'll say, so we normally ask for a call to action. I'm going to let you have two. Cause one, we want everyone to listen to the chat and cheese podcast. Yes, that can please. be your second one too, but do you have another one? Yeah, call to action is when you're listening to this and after you're done with it, go ahead and hit stop and then just breathe. We don't take enough time in our busy day. And, you know, I, I know that more than Americans listen to your podcast, but I mean, we're focused on GDP on, you know, 40 hours plus a week and, and just go, 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 go. And what we need to do is think more Scandinavia and think of happy versus GDP. And to be able to do that, we need to back up. We need to relax and just take a breath. And that's what I try to do more, especially now since it's sunny and I'm in Portugal, I try to do more of that. <laughs> I just want to honor that with like a moment of pause of silence. It's so beautiful. And you don't know how hard it is for me to be able to just do that now because they've got three of three of us and I've got two catalysts that I, I usually don't get in a room often. Uh, it's it, it's hard not to continue conversations with 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 people uh, like you because uh, you guys bring so much to the space and just from reading the book and then being on our show and then me being on your show, it's uh, it's it's allowed me to dig deeper so i appreciate that for from both of you oh, thank, thank you. you that's so kind we appreciate you and also just that call to action for the stillness it is so powerful in our crazy world oh well thank you thank you chad for being here again and thank you to our listeners if you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change go to our website at catalystconstellations.com be sure to check out our book move fast break ship burnout and if you have catalyst in your life Hit the share button and send a link their way. They want to breathe too.